Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Several years ago, there was a best-selling book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and It's All Small Stuff. And it was about learning to calm down and not make mountains out of molehills, which, by the way, is great. And despite all the hoopla and attention given to these big, over-the-top marriage proposals that have to be up on YouTube for everybody to see, grand gestures aren't what keeps a marriage healthy and successful. It's actually the small gestures that you make each and every day that provide the glue necessary for a truly happily ever after marriage. So... Paying attention to some small stuff really does matter. And so to talk about a few things that can make all the difference in your marriage, I'm joined by blogger, fellow wife, and fellow mom, Leah Hefner. So, Leah, thanks so much for being on the show to talk about this from you know, a really practical, personal perspective. Oh, well, thanks. That's a big compliment. I really appreciate that. Praise God. All right. Cool. So, you know, part of it, you know, I find my guests all over the place, and a lot of places okay. that I look, you know, is, is I read other bloggers. I read what other people yeah. are having to say about marriage. And you recently wrote an article called Three Simple Things You're Forgetting in Your Marriage that I actually found to be quite profound. So before we get into talking about those individual things, I thought we might talk about that forgetting part. And, you know, I've been married for 31 and a half years, been with my husband for 32 and a half. Um, Congratulations. Yay. (laughs) Yeah, I can live to tell about it. And, you know, and I'm always amazed by the things that people forget. And, you know, sometimes oh. I'm just, sometimes I'm actually really appalled because, you, you know, doing what I do for a living as a, as a marriage coach, you know, some of the things that people say to each other, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is the person you promised to love and honor and, and you know, cherish until death, and, and you're not very honoring because those words would never come out of my mouth. So, but I think we tend to forget. So what was that like for you, and, and, and why is it important? Oh, man, that's a really good question. And I don't know that there's a point in time that I could say, like, oh, I forgot at this day, and then, oh, I remembered at this day. I think the reality of all parts of life is that um, as we we move into different seasons, things look different. And so um, unless we are intentional, um, the things that are the most important don't go with us. Actually, my husband and I were just talking about this, I think, at breakfast this morning or maybe at dinner last night, and I can't remember which one it was because I forget um, (laughs) that – we were just talking about how that's uh, a true thing in the Bible, too. So, like, we were, we were reading to our kids um, out of Luke, and we were doing where Peter denies Jesus. And um, we're like, you know, Peter, Jesus tells Peter that he's going to deny him. And Peter's like, right. I would never do that. And then all the, all the things happen in the Garden of Gethsemane, and then Peter denies Jesus. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I just remembered Jesus was gonna say, that Jesus said that already. <laughs> and I was like, you know, how often does this happen? Like, we know this thing. It's right there in front of us. And then life happens, and it feels crazy, and it, and then this, the, the natural consequence of whatever happens, and then we're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, shoot. 
And so, like, I saw that played out in my own marriage when, um, you know, when things started changing, when we got into a hard and busy season. And then I realized that, like, those those words that I was, was using, those honoring words, those cherishing words, weren't coming out of my mouth easily. And I had to, like, work on rewiring those to make those the basis again, the, the remembered things instead of the forgotten things. Right, because it's really interesting, and, and sometimes I wonder if it's really a question of forgetting as opposed to maybe possibly getting a little complacent and lazy because, you know, I, I talk about, you know, the please and thank you, you know, ma- magic words that we teach our kids, except sometimes we forget to say those to our life partners, and you know, as I tell people, I don't need my husband to thank me every day for dinner, but, you know, I'm really glad that he notices that, you know, that dinner doesn't just magically appear on the kitchen table. <laughs> you know, that yeah. not only did I make the dinner, but I also usually went out and bought the food, and then I also need to remember to thank him for providing that opportunity for us to be able to, you know, pretty much buy the kinds of food we want to have and that I can fix. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's really easy to, to get really complacent in this whole, I guess, familiarity breeds contempt and the whole, um, you know, taking each other for granted that, oh, you're just always going to be here and I don't really need to make that the effort that we usually do when we first meet or maybe in our first, you know, in the first wonderful years of being together as a couple, does that resonate in any way? Well, I, I, yes, I will give you complacent for sure. And I, but I, I think maybe uh, seven years in with four little kids, sometimes, like, I'm so tired mm-hmm. or, like, emo- uh, not just, like, physically tired, but, like, mentally tired. I answer, you know, a million questions a day. I answer. <laughs> You know, I, I, same thing. I, I get the food. I make the food. I do the nap times. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that my husband's not involved in those things because he totally sure. is. Um, but like, there's a lot going on. And um, I realized at this about like, you know, when I started realizing that I was forgetting these things that were just basic things to our relationship was when I realized that my um, mental and emotional capacity was was too full. Um, I think a lot of times that we look at the um, the calendar and we say. Hey, this I have room for these activities because my time slots are not filled mm-hmm. filled up yet. And for me, I've learned that um, my time slots fill up a lot. <laughs> there are there there's a lot of time slots empty on my calendar when my brain and my heart are too full. And I need to honor like what my brain and my heart are saying. So sometimes that is the swinging the opposite way. That sometimes that is like I am vegged out on the couch. I am being lazy in the physical keeping of, of my home, the, you know, like the, the uh-huh. uh, actual keeping of relationships. And sometimes that is like the opposite end. Like I am burned out, touched out, tapped out, and I don't know how to tap into being intentional without like that muscle memory to kind of uh-huh. carry me to do this activity. Same thing with, um, you know, like that idea with um, anything. The more you do it, the more that you want to do it. And the less that right. you do it, the less that you want to do it. I, when I get to the point of less, then I have to be like, oh, let's kick this into gear, and that's on either side of the spectrum, whether that's because I'm tapped out or because I'm just choosing not to engage that way. Well, and I find that a really interesting perspective because, of course, the badge of honor we're all wearing these days is about how busy we are. And, yes. you know, and I actually talk with some of my clients because it's almost like, well, 
I can't just sit there. And it's like, why not? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, because I'm not being productive. And I said, so recharging your batteries isn't being productive. I mean, how many of us would drive around with our cars on, on empty? I mean, if we drove around with our cars on empty, they'd stop. I mean, <laughs> Right, exactly. Yep. Know, so we have to go fill them up. And, you know, and the idea that we pack every possible moment of our day and then – you know, something's going to slide. Yeah. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I think a lot of times what slides, especially when we have small children, and thank goodness mine are pretty much fully grown. <laughs> so there's hope, people, there's hope. Um, but, you know, especially when we have small children who require, a, you know, attention. And it's hard sometimes mm-hmm. to figure that out and I always talk about trying to find balance because if I, I hate the concept you know I really detest the phrase you know, you know um, work life balance because work is part mm-hmm. of life I kind of look at it as work home balance or personal profet- you know it's <laughs> but it's it's finding and, a way and to really what all those things and really what balance implies that it's equal like mm-hmm. that work is equal to our home life is equal to this. And um, for us, as we've kind of gone through this, and this is totally, you know, something that we've learned by the grace of God, like we just, we, somebody, a book that we read um, and something that we really respect in this area was like, do you want your work life at the center and your family around that? Or do you want your family life at the center and your work around that? And like that impacted us so profoundly that we're like, yeah, we need to think about how that looks. And it's not as simple as it's 50-50 all the time it's it's a it's a dance that we're doing all the time to say if our family is our priority what does this look like yes we we absolutely still have to eat and we have to have a place to live and we have to pay our bills and we have to drive places so like what's our balance and how does it work for our our family and what does that look like well and yeah and i and i love that concept about that it's not a 50 50 and and balance doesn't necessarily mean equal but it, mm-hmm. you also brought to mind that saying you know, that how many people on their deathbed say, I wish I'd spend more time at the office. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, yeah. It, it's, always, it's always about the connection. It's always about the people. So now that we've kind of covered the forgetting part, I want to head right into um, these three simple things that people are forgetting. And so what is the yeah. first one that tends to get forgotten? Uh, the first one I wrote about was the looking somebody in the eyes, looking each other in the eyes when you're having a conversation. Um, I admitted to my husband yesterday that I have a hard time making eye contact with people, partly because when I'm out, I have four kids and I'm head counting, and partly because, <laughs> partly because I spend a lot of time professionally um, and because we don't live close to family uh, on my phone or on my computer and looking down you know, I'm either on the phone with somebody or I'm typing on the computer and there's no eye contact involved in that. And so I found myself having a hard time making eye contact with people when I am able to. And um, I noticed that with my husband. We went out for our anniversary last year and I, like, we didn't, you know, didn't take any phones or anything like that. And I looked him in the eyes for the entire day and I kept thinking, wow, his eyes look different than the last time I did this. How long has it been since I've spent time looking him in the eyes? Right, and then because, I was like, oh, my goodness, it's been a while. It must be a while if it's changed this much. Well, and it seems like, again, you know, especially you said you specifically didn't take, you know, phones or whatever on curiosity yes. dinner, which always stuns me by the number of people, not just, not just couples, but also 
you know, mothers and daughters, and you know, my my daughter and I ha- have done this when we've gone out to lunch, and we you know, we don't spend the time looking at our phones. We actually spend the time talking to each other, and we're always looking around at other mothers and daughters, going, they're both on their phones, or. You know, um, even even young couples today, they spend their time texting each other as opposed to put down the phone, look at each other, have a conversation. Yeah. But, but what is it about specifically? Because looking directly into some people's eyes, that's, that's incredibly personal mm. and can be very, very uncomfortable. So is that what makes it so important? Well, I, I guess I can't. I guess I, I don't know if I feel comfortable like broad stroking this, but I right. think I think yeah. Uh, part of that is there's a vulnerability of looking somebody in the eyes. You look somebody in the eyes, and you can tell a lot more about what they're thinking, what they're feeling. Um, you're paying attention not just their eyes, but you're paying attention to what their whole body and their whole face is saying when you're looking them in the eyes, uh-huh. and that gives you a lot more uh, context into what they're what they're saying behind what their words are saying. I can say the exact same words a bunch of different ways, but my face is going to tell you a lot about what those words mean to me. Is this something that's important to me? Is I'm excited about this? Am I sad about this? And so having that willingness to look somebody in the eyes and have that vulnerability with them, yeah, I think it is, um, it is part of what makes it so important. That well, I hard. think it goes. I think it goes back to the old adage about windows, or I saw the eyes of the windows to the soul. And it, you're right; it's really hard to hide thoughts, emotions. You know, if somebody, if you're actually looking into each other's eyes, you exactly. Yep. There's no hiding. There's no hiding place, and I think that's one of the things that's scary about it. But also one of those things that can that really connects us. And it is kind of a example of trust. I'm I'm mm-hmm. trusting you, and you're trusting me, and we're we're actually connecting on that deeper level. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I'm trusting you with my with my peace, with my vulnerability here that I'm giving you. I'm trusting you with the feelings that I have while we're making eye contact, that you can have them and that I can trust you with them. Yeah. So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with blogger, blogger, fellow wife and mother, Leah Hefner, about how it's the little things that we do in marriage that will determine its success. So if you feel disconnected from your spouse, it might be because some of the small but really important loving behaviors have fallen by the wayside. And if you'd like help reconnecting with your spouse, then I encourage you to take action right now. Take a moment, jot down this phone number, 919-924-0463, that's my number, or you can send me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, and as in Nancy, C as in Charlie.com. And take advantage of my free, no obligation, create your happily ever after marriage strategy session. Because as we're talking about today, these are simple and relatively easy, although sometimes looking in somebody's eyes isn't always as easy as we make it sound, but these are very simple ways that you can reconnect, stay connected with your partner, and that's really going to help you ride out 
the tough times that all marriages have. And so now I want to get back to talking with Leah about these three things. And, you know, I love number two because you mentioned the importance of touch in this piece as well as another one you just wrote called If You Give Your Husband a Kiss. Love that one. So people go read it. Um, Why do we stop touching each other and what happens when we start again? Well, I mean, okay, so my, my, one of my favorite stories is that when my husband and I, uh, like the first time my husband and I kissed, I remember texting my sister and saying to her, like, I'm going to have to buy stock and chapstick because, like, I just have no desire to not kiss this man. He's so <laughs> wonderful. And so, right. but, like, we don't, get, we don't get to kiss like that anymore. I mean, we have four kids and a business and uh, 23 chickens and a partridge and a pear tree. So, like, we don't get to do that anymore. And so, um, yeah, it's easy to stop because, again, life and as moms with little kids if that's you know that's your reality that's my reality um like we feel there's a lot of that reality of like we are tired um Mm -hmm. sleep deprivation and tapped out touched out kind of feeling right which could be a lot but when they have small kids it's like okay just i don't want anybody touching me (laughs) absolutely yes because you just get to a point at the end of the day and i even i said before you know when we were first talking a lot of people just assign like the love language of physical touch to men because they think, oh, physical touch is sex, that's men, you know, and I, I can't, that's, that's the box I have it in. I can tell you that my, my love language is physical touch, and, like, I, you know, I, so, and even with that, I can get touched out in a day by, like, the tapping, like, the mom, like, mom, 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 mom kind of touching as opposed to, like, the connective touching of, like, you know, putting – putting his hand on my arm or um, holding hands or just sleeping in proximity on the bed where, like, our legs, our feet are touching instead of, like, each on our own pillows kind of on our own side. And what, like, restorative quality that has because it's not just um, the physical touch, you know, covers this whole multitude of anything. It's because that physical proximity reminds us that we have emotional proximity. It's because that, again, that vulnerability in uh, kissing and touching grows vulnerability in our emotions and in our thoughts. And um, if I could trust him to care for me, you know, in that, I can, tr- like, grow trust in that. I can trust, grow trust in my, how I think about these things or how I feel about these things and share those with him, too. And I love the distinction between types of touch because, and I think that this is one of the challenges um, in relationships is that, yeah, sometimes we're being touched. You know, there's nothing quite like a little kid wrapping their heads, you know, wrapping their arms around your neck, telling, saying, "I love you, mommy." That's like, you know, right. That's a million bucks right there. Right. That's like, you know, that, that, that can yeah. carry you for a long time. But that's not always the way you know, our kids right. touch us. Sometimes they're grabbing us. Sometimes, you know, I used to, my, when my daughter was little, she used to grab my hair, and then I would just hold her hair, and I said, I'll let go of yours when you let go of mine. I wasn't pulling her hair, but it was just like, okay, this hurts. Stop. This is not a pleasant yeah. touch. Or they pinch you or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, or slap at you or whatever. That's all touch, just not necessarily great touch. And then there's also touch that is meant to be sexual or that kind of intimate as opposed to the intimate touch of just, you know, when I walk by my husband, I just, you know, touch him on the shoulder or, you know, he, he pats me on the back or what, you know, that, just that gentle kind of 
connecting touch, and I think people can get really confused about mm. um, what type of touch it is, which is why I always tell people you have to touch each other in different ways that sometimes it's appropriate for sexual touch, but if the only time that somebody ever gets touched is when the other person wants to be physically intimate, then, then you could end up with this um, distancing because, you know, I, you, there, there's, that's not really necessarily connecting touch. It can be, but not always. Does, does that make oh. any sense? Oh, to, I mean, totally, yeah. It's, again, like, it's one of those things that, like, when you are completely rested and your capacity levels are all like you know in a good spot it's easy to know that like it's easy to know that but when you're you know tapped out and touched out and emotionally or mentally kind of drained that that restorative touch of like I just I'm here with you Mm -hmm. kind of touch like we're doing this together kind of touch as opposed to like I want something from you kind of touch then um, it makes a huge difference in in you know, building that connection between the two people. Right, and it's really interesting because I was also talking just the other day to somebody, and they, I I don't know where this statistic came from, but but if it's true, we're all in a lot of trouble because what she was saying is that because the way human beings are designed, we're designed to be hugged like 10 times a day. You know, that's what, mm-hmm. that's what our kind of our soul needs. I'm going, oh, boy, is that not happening? <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've heard that too. I don't know. I don't know where I heard that, but I've heard that too. Uh, okay, and so I love. Yeah, I love. I love being hugged. So yeah. Well, I yeah, I do too. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because even you know when my when my son was younger, I would tell him, "It's like you either hug me at home, or I will hug you out in public." But I will hug you. I'm just giving you the option of when you do it. <laughs> so, and he goes, oh, when you would like, your choice on the when. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you get the when, but he goes, okay, fine. Yeah. But, um, but it is, it's that, and it's that same kind of thing because I was hiking with, with a friend yesterday, and you know, we were stepping over this, um, you know, walk, you know, I don't even want to call it a stream because it wasn't even that big, but we had to step over something, and he just automatically turned around to, to give me his hand to help me over. I mean, it's that kind of touch, I think, that you're talking about, right? Kind of does yeah, that. Yeah, and even, and even as you say that, I'm like, I have two, I have two choices of how to react to that touch, right? Mm-hmm. I can say, like, I don't need your help, or I can say, like, he has my best interests at heart, and he cares about whether I slip off this rock or not. Exactly. Oh, and that, yes, and how the, we interpret it is so profound. Yeah. And I think that yeah. when we continue to do it in our relationships, we maintain, as you said before, that this is somebody who has my best interest at heart, who cares about me, who's letting me know we're in this together. And so I think right. that's a, a really critical, critical part. Um, and the last behavior that you talk about um, is to be thoughtful. And this seems mm-hmm. so obvious to me, but it's often the first thing to go. <laughs> so, it, again, you know, this is one of those, you know, this is one of those duh kind of moments for me, but, um, but a lot of people, I think, lose it. And so why is it so important to be thoughtful for a successful marriage? I think it's that um, it's it's like a 
right in your face recognition of we're in this together. Um, I have I am the person who loves you more than anyone else in the world, and I want what's best for you, and what's you know, and that grows us together. Um, and that's from both sides. And to be honest, the, art, the article that you're talking about, the uh, three things that you're forgetting, most of the most of the things that I thought of for this are things that my husband does for me. Like I don't always remember to be thoughtful. Just in the, um, I remember like, oh, I you know I'm gonna go take a nap right now because I didn't get to sleep last night. That doesn't leave me extra time to like leave a note somewhere or to set up this thing or whatever. So my husband has really like shown me like there's just little ways that I can be thoughtful along the way and it does seem so easy and yet you said like you said it's so easy for it to be one of the things that falls off because when you um at least in my house when you kind of crack into that like here's the things we need to get done mm-hmm. um you kind of trim the trim the uh, stuff that doesn't feel like it moves you forward um but that's the stuff that like i always say it like this like you can build a wall with rocks if you want to with just rocks mm-hmm. they're there the wall will be there, but the wall will not be strong. The wall will not stand. Um, you either need to do something to those rocks, like notch them together, or you need to put mortar in between them. Mm-hmm. And the being thoughtful is the putting mortar in between them. We don't feel like we have time when we build the wall to mix the mortar and do up the whole thing, but if we don't do that, our wall is not going to be as strong. The, the, what we're building our life together is not going to be as strong. And I love that that analogy and that visual because you know, people are always asking me, well, what, what does it take? And, and, you know, like I was talking about the don't sweat the small stuff, it's like there are some things that really are very small. I mean, because the grand gestures are wonderful, but it is the day-to-day making the time mm-hmm. to stop and speak gently to each other. And because it's the um, five positives to balance out neg- a negative, you know, yep. all the happiness studies. And that's how powerful a negative is. And sometimes it's not necessarily that we're mean to each other. It's just I think that we're not being thoughtful and we're not stopping. And it's one of those things where it would never occur to me to be in the same room with my husband and then for me to get up and maybe go to the kitchen to get a glass of water or a cookie or whatever without asking him, can I get you something? And, and, and same thing for him. I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things that it just doesn't even occur to us not to ask each other. Um, you know, and you know, and I, on occasion, I've had to. A while back, I had to ask him because he would go to bed, but not tell me he was going to bed. And suddenly, I'd, it's like, where did he go? And then I'd go upstairs, and he'd be in bed. And it's like, could you just let me know that you're going upstairs? It's like it's not, you know, it, it's just kind of. To me, that's just thoughtful. <laughs> it's, it's like, wait, <laughs> where'd my husband go? <laughs> and and can I say that's a big one? Is like sometimes I don't even know that. Like we don't even mean to not be thoughtful. And sometimes we don't even know that we're not being thoughtful. Like, sometimes people just, some people are like, oh, I, my husband knows that. He will go, like, outside to, like, start working on the garden. Uh-huh. And I'll be like, where, where did he go? Where did he go? Yeah. And I'll be like, what is going on? And then, like, an hour later, I'll come in the house. I'll be like, where were you? He'll be like, I was outside. Okay. Right. Just, you know, I'm not, like, I don't want to baby, like, you know, babysit your time. I just wanted to know where you were. <laughs> like, um, you know, in case, like, you know, I needed you for something or whatever, or, you know, I could come out and help you or whatever. And I think that that's maybe the, the difference between, like, seven years of marriage 
31 years of marriage, you know, people who have just gotten married. Those are conversations that, like, you're going to have along the way as you grow and as you change as people. Like, hey, this is a way that, like, I didn't even know that it bothered me that you that you think about this differently. Hey, can we talk about this? Because it, you think about it differently, but to me it says thoughtful or not thoughtful. Well, and, and I some think things that's, we can I think that's really, everything. I just need to get over. I mean, I, I do think that's important because what I might find thoughtful – my, my partner might find annoying or vice versa. And it's like, okay, yeah, you don't really, you, you don't really need, that's not necessary. That's, you know, and so I think that's a communication thing because we are different. It goes back to what you were talking about earlier about the love languages. I mean, we, we are different human beings. We have different experiences. We have different desires and being able to share them, you know, so, oh, okay, it's, you know, I mean, I still have, this is one of those things that I just have never get, been able to break my husband of the habit because we got together long before there were cell phones. So, mm. and so one of my things is, you know, I, I want to know where people, if you're not going to be where you said you were going to be at the time you said you were going to be there, can you just call me and let me know? It's like, I, I don't necessarily really care where you are up to a point, but if you're going to be late or something, just, just let me know. And, yeah, because his thing is, well, I know I'm okay. I'm going, great, I know you know you're okay. I don't know you're okay. I I don't know that. I don't have that same information. Yeah, I've actually called the state patrol on him twice, eons ago, back before cell phones, because we lived in a place where it snowed and he was gone. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, he slid off the road, you know. (laughs) And they're going, no, ma'am, there's there's no accident. (laughs) Okay. No, ma'am, that did not happen. Oh, I, yeah. You know, and, and that's just one of those things. And so I think it's it's like anything else. We need to share that information with each other. But you know, and and I think it goes back to something that you said, which was so important about that. This is a, an important relationship, and what do we need to do to keep it that way? So you know, and, and these are just some of the things that that form that glue. Yeah, and um, specifically on the being thoughtful one, I think that it's easy for us to have this ideal um, and idealized view of what being thoughtful, quote-unquote, means, and that means that, like, they're tuned into all of my needs, and they know all of my expectations, and they're fulfilling all of my expectations mm-hmm. um, without being asked and all of those things. The gardening well, example. reading school of marriage. Mm-hmm. Yes, mind reading, yes. Like the garden thing. You know what? That's not a make or break. I have now when he goes outside and I don't know where he is, I just assume he's in the garden. Right. Like that's a good, I expect him to be exactly the way that he is. That's a good mm-hmm. way for me to to do that. Um, when, you know, when uh, just expressing how I feel, absolutely, and not negating that in any way, but like also saying like I also expect my husband as my husband who I've known for 10 years to be like my husband. I expect mm-hmm. him to be that way. I don't expect him to all of a sudden one day start reading my mind and know exactly that this is the kind of day that requires Reese cups for me to get through, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say, you know what, baby, like, it would be really helpful if, like, I, I could just go to the store for 10 minutes by myself. I could use a Reese cup. Sure. Or, no, I'll go pick one up for you. It's not, it's not less thoughtful for me to have to share what I'm thinking Mm-hmm. And for him to respond to that, as opposed to me expecting him to just know all my things. Right. Yeah, I tell people, you know, when I get the, well, they 
My partner only did it because I asked, and so my response to that is, so when they bought you what you asked for for Christmas, do you take it back? They look at me like, well, no. I said, so how's this any different? I mean, because they can always say, no, I'm not going to do that. So (laughs) it's kind of like, why would that bother you that they're doing it because you asked? Right. Yeah, (laughs) kind of a strange thing. Well, boy, this, this half hour has flown by fast, and I could continue talking to you about this for I could talk marriage all day so there we go (laughs) yeah okay well we'll just have to do that off off the air but because I can't do so but um, where can people find your blog because I think you've got some great information there just you know kind of simple practical you know here's how because I think it always helps when when we can hear from other people that they're going through the same thing we are. It's like, oh, my gosh, this person who looks like they have it all together is, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, don't read my blog if you want somebody who has it all together. That is not me. <laughs> um, not me at all. Um, you can find me online. My name is Leah Hefner. My blog is leahhefner.com. That's L-E-A-H-H-E-F-F-N-E-R.com. I have a blog on there, and I have a podcast, and um, it's for uh, wives and moms. Um, who are, uh, my, just my goal is to encourage you in what we're doing as moms and as wives, um, using our gifts and showing up with our people. Um, we, my husband and I also wrote marriage books called Intentional Love, 31 Ways to Love Your Husband and Wife with Purpose. They're like, you do them together, or you can do them separately, but they um, are just, it's little, those little habits building every single day. Um, and you can find those at intentionallove31.com, and that's where you can find me online. Terrific. And as I've said before, and I will keep on saying it, nothing thrives on neglect, and that is also true of your marriage. You need to tend to it on a daily basis. Now, how much attention it gets may vary from day to day or year to year based on what else is going on in your life, but it must get some attention or it's going to die. And we tell people what our priorities are by how we spend our time, And if you aren't giving your marriage time, you are making a statement. So you don't need grand gestures. You just need small, consistent ones. So keep doing those loving things with each other. And until next time, stay loving. 